Hello, everybody. My name's Will Ainsworth. I am the Head of Growth and Training at Open Negotiation, and I'm joined today by none other than the CEO of the agency, Matt LaHood, good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, and an all-round good guy. Thanks for being here, Matt. Thanks a lot, Will. Very excited to be here. Very good, mate. Now, <laughs> I noticed that you've got behind you, looks like you're in a stairwell. So you, I noticed that you don't really have a desk as a CEO. How do you, on earth, do you get <laughs> Well, it's not only that's actually the fire stairs behind me. <laughs> um, good question, and I do get asked a lot that. But um, I just find in our industry, it's one of being around and visible. So I think if you're in an office, you sort of default to come into my office, have a meeting in my office. I'll meet you in my office. Yeah. It, I think it's very old school. Yeah. Um, so I find like today, I've been in three offices. It's uh, four o'clock now. Um, I've been in three different offices and met probably 50, 60 people today in the group. Yeah. So that's obviously when I'm in Sydney, but then love to get around everywhere. COVID uh, sort of, you know, stopped a bit of that, but that's okay. doesn't mean you can't still get around. So I find I'm less effective in an office, Will. I'm not sure if you, you know, you, you're probably good to speak around that now yourself, but um, and I find it intimidating because, I, you know, it's the boss in the office. I did grow up in that environment. So I'm 50 now, but when I started in real estate, I was 17. Yeah. yeah. Um, straight out of school, literally, first job was in real estate, literally before I even was finished in um, November, started in December. And the boss had an office, inverted commas, and it was a big office and, they were smoking in the office and, you know, those days there was a big thing of cigarettes in there and yeah. you just didn't even – I was scared to walk past the office. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, I've ended up in leadership rightly or wrongly. It was never something I ever set out to do. But one thing I'm just not about is going to be not approachable. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that full well knowing you for as long as I have. Um, so I guess – to get in front of 50 agents is way better than saying an open door policy and having one or two people walk in every now Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, good point, Will, because they just don't actually do it, Yeah. right? It, um, it's better to go, what's that, Muhammad went to the mountain rather than the mountain's not coming to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> so that's the reality. Um, you, you know, you don't, you, the, the boat's not coming to shore, the old story, you've got to swim to it. Like I'd rather swim to the agents. Yeah, and because they're coming to me, they're wasting time anyway. Yeah, if they want to meet me, I'd rather go to them in their environment. I, I do meet a lot of agents. Will I've found um, this has worked really well for me in leadership in their actual market. Yeah, so we've got over three hundred agents, right? Not all of them are where I'm based, but if I go to meet them, I say, "Look, I'm going to come and have breakfast with you in your market." It yep. gives me two things. It actually often gives me a bit of a read on what they're like, how they're connected to the community. Mm-hmm. Some agents I'll go and have breakfast and won't get a word in because uh, they've got everyone stopping them saying hello and all that or they're introducing me to people. Others I'll go in their market and they won't really sort of know anyone. So it gives me a bit of an idea as to are they connected or not. Yeah, that's a really good point. Something I've never it. So, um, and they probably feel proud to show you around the nuances yeah. of the geographical area. So true, and they they always say, "Look, come to my market because it's not like the eastern suburbs, it's not like the lower North Shore, it's not like you know the premium suburbs of Melbourne, or it's not like that in Perth." Like I, when I go over to Perth, it's really exciting because 
oh, I don't get as much time when I'm over there. But the some agents are 25, 35, 40 minutes away in the car from where the head office is. Yeah. So to go out to their markets and say dress differently to the other agents, they they like do opens completely different. Some of them are in shorts and and um and you, you know it, it's that height and things. Even the same as our you know western suburbs of Sydney and other parts of our regional offices. They're not some of they don't know if you're in a suit, you look like you're from the federal police or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's knowing the culture of your people as well. You know, and I've got to dress down and dress up and I've got to change what I do when I go to markets too. Yeah. I'll dress differently if I'm visiting Melbourne to visiting Perth to visiting, you know, Central Coast because going in a, um, yeah, it's about just sort of mirroring the people. Yeah, yeah, well said. Now, mate, I know uh, you've got some seriously top performers um, under your wings. What do you look for when you're recruiting? Like, what are the traits of an agent you look for in recruiting good performers? Yeah, okay. Um, best traits will uh, desire is the first one. They've got a, a skill. It, you know, I'm going to use your name as I've used it before here. There's skill and will, right? Um, <laughs> just to use the pun. You've seen me use that before on um, on social. But if you've got the will, we can train the skill. Yes. You can have the skill but not have the will. So I, I like people that have the desire to succeed, are hungry, I like people that have good morals because you're going into people's biggest assets. I, I think one of the things I always say to people, Will, which is someone's giving you their set of keys, they're giving you a set of keys to their front door. Mm. Who arrests in society? What other people in society get given the keys to someone's front door? I mean, the local sergeant at the police station down the road doesn't have a set of keys to, to somebody's front door. Yeah. Doctors don't have a set of keys to someone's front door. You're getting handed someone's set of keys. Like that is the ultimate trust in my view. So when I'm looking to hire people, I'm looking at them, can I trust them with a set of keys? Yeah. Like are they going to come into my house and, you know, play videos and trounce or not wipe their feet? Are they going to open my fridge? Are they going to, what are they like? How respectful are they? Um, presentation is not everything but because I've had agents come that have had the skill um, and the will, both of those things, but have looked like, you know, I'm don't think, you've got to try and fit them in the market. But And then I've said to them, have you thought about doing this or trying to dress down a bit or change your hairstyle? Or it's got, Nobody's ever told me that, but I really appreciate it. And yeah. we, They're the conversations I have. Yeah. So it doesn't matter about look, race, religion, all that sort of stuff's all out the door for me. Yeah. Do they have the desire? Are they trustworthy? Set of keys. Can they pass the given the set of keys test? And how do they present for the market they're going into? It's a bit like I was saying before. If I'm in a three piece suit and I'm going to be selling, you know, in a market where everybody's coming through in their stubbies and bongs, I'm going to get laughed out of the market, yeah. right? Yeah. And doesn't mean I can't be in a three piece suit, but dress down for the opens, go in a polo shirt or something. If I go into Paddington Wallara in Sydney or into Albert Park in Melbourne, I'm in a polo shoot shirt, someone might turn their nose up at that, yeah. you know. So it just depends, right? Yeah. Okay. So they're the things I look for. I think, we, you know, the the will is important, the most important thing. Um, now, it would be remiss of me because it is the topic for the day not to ask this question. What does it take to be a top-performing agent in 2021? 
Okay, so out of the top performers I've seen in 2021, certainly right now, is you've got to have an unshakable mindset around what's happening around you. So the word I like to come back is immune to distractions, I guess, would be one thing. So not worrying about what is happening or may happen, just worry about what's in front of you. So the old story, Will, how to eat an elephant, not in one bite, just chip away at it, right? So the top agents just chip away. Their, their, their ability to handle rejection is outstanding. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did something with Tom Panos some time back and I, I made a statement to him and he used it, uh, which was you've got to just make rejection your best friend, yeah. right? Yeah. And he is run with that uh, and it's great because it is. So I, I just said it being honest in it and it just came out as a bit of a, like you've got to make rejection your best friend. You've just got to be able to handle no. Um, the best agents can handle no with really, really good skill. And often I see them take a no, turn a no into a yes. Yeah. I had an agent the other day went to a listing and said, rang me and said, oh, I'm at XYZ Real Estate, um, is very good friends with, it was um, it was a deceased estate, um, said I've got no chance of getting this listing, XYZ Real Estate is friends with one of the executives. And I said, no, there's three executives. you just got to make friends with the other two. <laughs> and and I went, oh, I didn't think of it like that. I said, so what do we need to do to get the other two on side? What we should do, invite, so we, we actually did a plan. Bring them into the office. Let's put some coffee and tea and biscuits on. Let's get a couple of our other agents in the market that you're in around them and let's show them what we can do. We got that listing. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, how many agents would have walked away or been mentally smashed by the fact that the one executor was very good friends. Now, I said to them that was a test in my view. Yeah. They wanted to see how you handled that. Yeah. And I always coach him, um, you know, Will, to the top agents, just don't worry about what your competition's doing. So, you know, if I said, oh, they've had Will Ainsworth, I would always say Will's an outstanding agent. Um, here's what we can do for you, though. Yeah. So you just don't go, even if you don't like the person or whatever, and I don't really not like anyone in real estate. I don't have an issue with any of my competitors. Um, so, you know, a lot of them have ended up working with me now, but um, that's probably the reason why I've never wanted to not like anyone. You could end up working with them, right? Yeah. So they have, um, I think, distractions, the handle rejection, not getting distracted. And what I've seen is what's happening around us, COVID, no COVID, lockdown, no lockdown. They're just the current things. But before all lockdown and COVID, it used to be, interest rates, who's in government, is there a war in Iraq, um, you know, someone said something about the brand, um, like whatever, right? There's distractions I've had around people to start up, you know, like are they, is the agency going to be around in, in six weeks, two, two years, four years, you know, whatever. So just keep moving because we know what we're doing. We don't need to justify. Yeah. Um, we've got the clients, we've got the agents, We'll just keep making the noise, and that's what that sort of. You got to look at it. Every business doesn't matter how good you're going or not. Um, the top agents they just get rid of the distractions. Yeah. Now I reckon I know this answer, but I'm going to ask you because you're the one being interviewed. But leadership as a as a word, people get given the title of leadership and therefore just think that they're a leader, which clearly you and I know not is not the case. What are the no. mistakes leaders make in uh, in the real estate industry? 
Yeah. Yep. So biggest mistakes are they think they first one, and I've been I've said this for years. They think they can sit in a control room and push buttons and run a business, yeah. like not get in there and roll the sleeves up. Okay. So what's roll the sleeves up in real estate look like? One on ones with your agents. Yeah. Go to listings. Turn up on Saturday. Help them at an open. Send an email around on Wednesday saying, "Hey, I'm the CEO or I'm the sales manager. I'm the head of sales." Who needs a hand on Saturday? Love I'll it. be there for you. Yeah. One simple email. Yeah. Um, who wants me at their auction? Who needs me to come and be at their listing presentation? How can I help you? Mm. Yeah. Um, that's the biggest mistake they make because they think they build a team, go off, I'll go skiing in Aspen, and I'll stick a whole lot of agents underneath me, milk the hell out of them, let them survive on their own accord, stick a failed sales agent in and call them a sales manager and I'm going to run off and go and let everybody else build my wealth up. Disaster waiting to happen. Agreed. It's funny, it segues into my next kind of question and point is that obviously Jeff Lucas has joined you over the last, uh, well, two days, I think, from yes. McGrath and being ex-McGrath, I've had a lot to do with him and I remember vividly seeing him attending agents' opens and auctions and whether he was helping or not, he was present and he was there um, that's a true leader. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's funny enough, it's um, he did that on the weekend. I went out with him and it's the first thing he said, let's go and meet the people. Yeah. You need to introduce me around and I want to get a feel for the market. And, um, you know, like it's, he's been off off um, on gardening leave for some time. So the first thing he came back and he's got straight into it, quite interesting and amazing actually the response too because he ended up speaking to the vendors and the buyers and the agents and the auctioneers and, and it doesn't take you long to know what's happening. We went to four auctions on the weekend mm. um, and it didn't take him long now to be an expert on what's happening in the marketplace. Yeah. Very hard to do that sitting back reading the newspaper, isn't it? Because we all know that the media sort of are reporting what was happening, like that's last week's news, right, yeah. when it actually hits the media. Going out on Saturday and watching it and then putting social commentary out which I think he did on the weekend, was is a very good thing. Now, I know his name and you're welcome to drop it, but uh, one of your, well, probably former has just uh, almost cleared $6 million in GCI in the last couple of months, like probably more, but I'm not, that's, I'm not privy to that. How would you describe this person in three words? Um, great, late, okay, focused will be one. I was going to say laser focused, that's two words that I used to. So focused, but laser focused. Yeah. Um, organized. Transparent. Transparent like, to the market or to himself and his team or all? Okay, so he'll go to a listing. The owner wants $8 million. He'll say it's worth six and a half. Okay. And prepared to walk. Okay. But we'll never tell them what they want to hear and we'll tell them that I'm, I don't want you to give me the business if you think I can get eight million at six and a half to seven, and I can't believe the amount of listings he gets from doing that, he's beaten the idea of you have to tell him what they want to hear. Yeah. But think of the power he goes in with that will when he actually gets a listing, oh, and they yeah. list with him because of that, right? Yeah. The next thing he then does when the buyers come in to see the property, he shows them the agency agreement. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Because here's what I told the owner, but he gets the permission of the owner to do that. Yeah. 
then so how, would, how would an owner go, I want a million, but you're okay to show the buyers six and a half to seven? Well, see, with the legalities, um, you what the owner wants and what your opinion is, because the owner necessarily might want something, but almost 90% of the time will meet the market, right? Yeah, yeah. And the agent can't say his opinion is where the owner wants because it's not. that's if it's an auction, right? Yeah. If it's an open negotiation, well, that's even better because the owner would like to. He actually says, look, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'm going to tell the buyers what you want, but I'm also going to tell them where the comparables are. I'm going to give them my opinion. I'm going to let them make their own mind up because, you know, the famous saying I've always said, Will, and some of your, your users may use this, when I see owners myself, and I know Ben uses this a lot, is you know, real estate doesn't have a recommended retail price. Yeah. So it's worth what the best buyer is going to pay. You know, open open just is the best living example of that anywhere, right? Yeah. Um, it's yeah. worth what the best buyer is going to pay. So, you know, when you go in, if you want to buy um, you want to buy this phone, right, for arguments saying that on the screen, you want to buy that phone, you go in, you look it up, you go into JB Hi-Fi, you go to Apple Store, you go to Harvey's, and it's got a recommended retail price. Mm. So if you if it's a thousand bucks or whatever, and you see it for fourteen hundred, well, you're not buying it, right? You're going to go where the price is. Real estate, you can walk into fifteen different properties on the weekend, and there's no retail, recommended retail price. Yeah. So what we have to do as agents is is get the feedback get the points of view, opinions of value off a whole lot of people and then let them fight it out in a situation such as yours or slash auction or whatever the market, you know, um, determines is, is the best way to do it. But we've got to make sure we've maximised the price. Now, yeah. um, mate, I can I can hand on heart say that during my whole career I went up and down in slumps of, you know, I'm on today, I'm on this week and then the following week I'm bloody driving to the Westgate. But so how do you talk to an agent or get them motivated when they are in a slump? Okay, that's, that's a good question. But the way I've been able to find um, the best way forward for that is to set the year up so you don't have that problem, okay. right? And you're probably going to ask me how is that possible. Well, Claudio Mencina, um, who does a bit of work with us, and him and I do a lot of coaching with the agents. And one thing... You know, we talk about, you know, like the Formula One car and it's a good example. So that Formula One car doesn't go around the racetrack at full pelt for 24 hours, does it? No. Because what would happen? Burn out. Tyres would wear out, run out of petrol. So, mate, we use that analogy with the agents. So you've got to have ramp up, cool down, ramp up, cool down, ramp up, cool down. The problem with a lot of agents will they fail to work that out. So if you look at their diary, it's pretty easy, though. When I sit down with an agent and have a coaching session, I say, when's ramp up, when's cool down? It's really easy. Cool down's Easter. Cool down's the end of the fin year. Cool down's your long weekend in October. I think Melbourne have a different long weekend. Um, and even in Perth and things. So I vary that comment. But it's it could be the Labor Day long weekend. Use that one. Use June, end of fin year. Everybody's sort of not really buying real estate. It's a change of seasons. Let's let's go for um, cool down around Easter, and then cool down at Christmas. But but let's go full pelt around the racetrack. You know February, March to Easter. Let's go back full pelt April, May to June. Let's go full pelt August, September. So you don't have 
you're trying to do this like, as you said, you go up, you go down. So what's happened? You're designing what you're going to do because I, 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 one of the biggest problems when I'm speaking to agents is oh, I haven't had a break. Yeah. I can't have a break. Well, that's impossible. The Prime Minister can have a break, right? And he's running the country. So sorry. Um, heart surgeons can have a break. Could you imagine if a heart surgeon came in and said, oh, I can't have a break, I'm too busy? Would you be worried about the heart surgeon doing your operation? Absolutely. Who hasn't had a sleep for 24 hours, 40 hours. Um, you know, brain surgeon, I can't. You have to force. So what happens, those ebb and flows will, I guess, it's more like you're designing for a, a kickoff every every time. So you're cooling down, you're starting up, you're cooling down, you're starting up. And it's, it's sprints. I think Claudio uses a great term. He calls it sprints, then cool down. Yeah. I use the Formula One car because people sort of understand that. If you treat yourself like your Formula One car, you've got to be oiled, you've got to you yeah, you've got to cool down new tires. Mm. New tires could be, you know, you know, go away and get, you know, some meditation or whatever it may be, whatever floats your boat. Go for a swim, go to the gym, um, you know, get a haircut, new suit, new pair of shoes for the ladies or a handbag, whatever that cool down may be in your world. Everyone's got a different cool down, right? I can take, I can cool down by taking Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday over a long weekend, and I feel like I've had two weeks holiday. Yeah. If I don't have to do anything for four days for me, that's my cool down, right? Others need two weeks to cool down. Yeah. Some need four weeks. I don't care if it's four weeks, but have eight weeks hard and four weeks cool down. What people try to do is they have a mediocre eight weeks and nothing. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you find that yourself? Is that Absolutely. sort of what And it was only yeah. towards the back end of my career that I kind of worked that out and realised that, you yeah. know, you need to have time off. And then I reminded me of when I was at school. You, you, you work hard at school. Well, I didn't, but you know that you've got holidays coming up. Correct. You're in term one, term two, term three, term four. Great analogy. You know, I know that in seven weeks' time I've got two weeks off, so I'm okay. Every day I get up yep. and go, one less day. How good's that? Yep. Yeah. And, and the other thing too, Will, is like you've, you've got, like if, you know, when do people get most stuff done? If they're going away on holidays yeah. in, in yeah. on Friday is their last day, you should see them go on Wednesday, Thursday, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've got to get this done. Well, they should be doing that every day than having a week off. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what the top agents do. You see them, they've got the earpieces in the headphone. They don't come in. My top agents don't come in the office and sit around talking to the front office manager, sit around talking to the property manager. Um, they just get, they come straight in. They're normally on their phones coming in. Yeah. Some of them I'll see will come in, they'll come in and not be, and then leave still on their phones. Yeah. They got the earpieces in the headsets. They've worked out it's not about distraction, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's um. That answered it. Absolutely. I, I love it. <laughs> um, now I imagine this is a countrywide thing, maybe even uh, worldwide. But stock levels are historically at the lowest level they've been for a long time, which is probably one of the reasons why the market's so good. Supply and demand. Yes. Totally. Do you have any tips to agents to actually go out and get some more properties on their books? Um, I think, look, it's funny because agents look at that, but there's when you if, if, if we put ourselves three years ahead of today and look back, 
there will be so many transactions that happened in the last three years. I'd say into, if we were three years, if we had a time machine, you and I, and we said, let's make it 2025 today, we'll go there. Let's give us a market share report on 2021, 2020. We'll see that there were so many transactions that happened, right? Might be. So your job is to get as many of those transactions that are happening. Yeah. So yeah. if there's only 500, if you want to get 10%, you've just got to get 50 of those 500. Yeah. If there's 250 and you want to get 10%, well, you've just you want to get you want the same 50, you've got to get 20% market share. That's right. To get the same 50. Yeah. So if it's shrinking, you've just got to get more listings. Now, the problem is, and this is what I coach in very strongly, Will, is I've had agents come in, they go, I lost a listing, but who cares? The owner was it was a cheap commission, they want too much, blah, blah. I said, no, 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 no. Let's stop that. You lost three listings. And they go, what? No, I only lost one. They go, no, 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 you've lost three. Because the buyer probably had something to sell that the agent, you lost it to. You're going to meet probably 100 people during that open home. There's probably one or two listings ready to go right now. And the agents will look at me and go, oh, my God. So you talked about you only lost 20 grand, you probably lost 100,000. Yeah. Now, when you upstake that, when, when the stakes go up on every listing, that I coach my guys and girls don't lose a single listing. Yeah. You lose one, you've lost three. And, mate, you'd know that from when you were selling. Yeah. I knew that from when I was selling. How many times did you have a listing, someone bought it off you, they gave you theirs, oh. and then that one, you got another one, the person bought that, gave you theirs. Happened you, to me a thousand times, right? You can trace, yeah. well, you can trace your, the, the sale you made today basically all the way back to the start of your career. There yeah, is correct. Events. And then the neighbour sells in the street, you've got the opportunity, you've got, and then the pipelines you create out of that one. So you lose one, you lose three. So... If you've got to get more stock, you have to, again, you have to uplift your calls out. So the first part I would start would be past clients. I do not understand why agents refer to as past clients. See, I don't use that term. I've used that to explain what I mean because if I told you your current clients, people would go, what are you talking about, right? But we, we use the reference at the agency, your current client database. Yeah. Right? Think yeah. of that one shift... Yeah. is, oh, that's a past client. I'm like, well, past to me means that they're not going to be doing this anymore. But have a, guess, have a guess what? Your current client database, when I say to my agents, what's your current client database, they think a pipeline straight away Yeah, because they think past is finished. Well, 80% of my business that I did for 20 years as a sales agent day to day, and back in the days of writing million, million, two million dollars, which is nothing today, I know, but... That's where I was writing 20 years ago. Um, and 80% of my business was coming out of my database, yeah. my current client database. Yeah. They were friends of friends of friends of networks, lawyers, accountants, bank managers, strata managers, developers, all in my database. And so any agent that's, that's, that's tied on stock, just use this approach. There's a heap of listings in your current client database who would sell if they got the right price. Mm. So, Will, I'll challenge everyone listening. Um, just say you get a buyer today and they come in and say, we want a four-bedroom home. It's got to have two parking. We've got to be near the school because little Johnny and little Jenny are starting school in two years. It's got to be down near the school. It's got to be on a bus line because my wife works, you know, in the city. I drive, but whatever. So, okay, right. So I look, I don't have a listing like that. 
but I go to my current client database, not my past client database, and I go, hang on, I sold the Ainsworths a house like that four years ago. I'm going to ring Will Ainsworth up and say, hey, Will, I've just met a buyer who's looking for something exactly like the house I sold you five years ago. Oh, Matt, that's interesting. Bring them through. I've made a sale. How many sales I used to make out of my database? So you don't need stock. It's sitting in front of you, right? (laughs) What do you need to go? And and you know what's even more embarrassing? Let's go and get a new person and sell to them and get them interested when I've already got the people that know, like, and trust me, I'm not calling them. It doesn't make sense to me. I, I remember catching up with Ben Collier and he told me, and I don't remember the specifics, but he did what you just said, but then evolved it. The person he just sold to, then he went and bought, sold them something else from someone else. That would be right. That would be Ben. Like, it was like eight transactions yeah. out, out of just doing that. Like there you go. hundreds so, of thousands of dollars. So, a good way to break a mindset of anybody who's watching would be think of Santa Claus, right? Santa Claus, every picture of Santa Claus, he says, got the big sack of past clients behind the back, carrying them and looking for new ones and not, not putting his hand in the bank. Yeah. I'll go and find new presents. I've got them all behind me, but I'll look for new presents. just doesn't make sense, does it? Nah, no, it doesn't. Stupid analogy, but it'll make people think all the old clients, past clients, whatever you're calling them, they should be out of the bag on the table and going, this is a jigsaw puzzle. Who can I move on the chessboard, right? Yeah. I've got the Ainsworths might buy the LaHood's house. LaHood's might then end up taking Collier's because they've just the kids have moved out. The Collier's house will buy the Smiths. And the, that's what real estate's about. We've, I think we've got a way, Will, from creativity in this business. Hmm. Find, you know, like find a, find a buyer, find a seller, take a commission. That's all it is. Yeah. There's no science to it. Find a buyer, find a seller and take a fee. If I just said that's what real estate's about, there's this, oh, I've got to go on this website portal, I've got to do this, I've got to do that, I've got to get it looking like it's got to do a drone photo, I've got to do this, got to do All that confusion and noise is great for the marketing because all that stuff, but really if you're here to make money and you're here to get the best results for your clients, you should be looking after your people that already know, like and trust you. It's harder to get a new person interested. It's so easy to, you've done all the work with all your people that already know, like, and trust you, and you're not talking to them. I don't understand it. (laughs) I like it. Now, mate, uh, communication is not everything, but it's a lot in real estate. How does it? Oh, critical. Yeah, it's critical. How does an agent get more personable with a client and create better relationships? Um, one tip I would do for sure would be when they sell a property to somebody, um, this is never done. I don't know why I used to do this. It's not, this is not smart stuff. I just used to do it because I had too many vendors and buyers and I never had the time. So my assistant and myself came up with an idea. So usually six weeks between exchange and settlement, right? So in the middle of that three weeks after exchange, what I'd do is I'd set a meeting with the buyer and the seller separately and I'd take them to breakfast three weeks between in the middle. Because, you know, when you're talking to a vendor every day, property sells and you stop and there's no more communication, I was uncomfortable with that. Yeah. So I'd say, hey, this has been a great experience. We're going to take you to breakfast in three weeks. So they remember they knew they were going to see me again and I was going to see them. Yeah. I'd take them a gift at that point in time. I'd ask for a testimonial. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, you know, these days if I look at how I used to do it, I'd probably ask if I could bring a videographer and just yeah. do a quick testimony at that brekkie at a nice cafe. I'd take a brekkie, I'd give him a gift. Then I'd meet the buyer and do the same thing. Just want to walk you through the home you bought. I thought it'd be nice to sit down for breakfast. Look, I've got the owners have given me the whole list on the home. What's this? You know, here's the alarm company. Garbage is on Wednesday. We've got you the keys. We've got a photocopy of all the keys, um, which door opens what. Um, the neighbours on the, on the right side of the Joneses, here's their phone number. The Smiths are on the left side, here's their number. And on settlement, I'm going to have you introduce them. Smiths and Joneses are going to pop in on settlement when we meet you down there with the keys and they're going to say hello. So we've got organised at five o'clock to meet, introduce you to the neighbours. So I did that because I was then able to get the neighbours' numbers off my current neighbour and then get them, because no one does this, so I get their listings too. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's nice to see an agent think, like I look like the expert because I'd come in and I'd say, oh, look, here's, here's Mary and Tony on the left, here's John and George on the, you know, Georgia on the right, and look, he's, this is Will Ainsworth and his wife and family. And they bring biscuits and wow, welcome to the neighbourhood. Everyone wants a nice neighbour, right? Yeah. Um, and that would work really well for me. It's, once again, so simple, so simple. And, Will, then I'd book in the owner. So say I'd sold you a home. I'd say, look, Will, part of my job is to keep you fully informed on the market and what's happening. In the next 12 months, I'll be back and I'll do, you, I'll do another up-to-date appraisal for you. And I'll do that every 12 months for the next ever eternity that I'm in real estate. Yeah. So I'll just so what I'd do is I'd send you a calendar invite for 12 months to the date, and then I'd pop back and come in and do an appraisal and let you know what's happening in the market. Yeah. So you'd see me now for the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah. And you, by the way, you drop off the uh, anniversary gift while you're there in person. All that movie tickets for the kids, yeah. car wash vouchers for the owner. I do all that stuff. Cheapest. Things to, what about these agents that go, oh, I sent them a Christmas card for four years and they listed with Ray White, you know, and I might be Rain and Horn or something or whatever it may be. I can't believe it. You know, can't believe they listed with Ray White. I sent them a Christmas card every <laughs> What is that? Seriously, Will. Yeah. Well, entitlement. What entitlement? There's no entitlement. You have to earn the entitlement. Yeah. Not speaking, you only send them Christmas cards. What we do, right? Um, you have to earn it. So, what would be a better thing? Get your top 30 clients, get your top 30, work out who's got kids, work out who doesn't have kids. All the ones that have got kids around school holidays, drop them two movie tickets. Yeah. Hey, hey, don't know what you're doing with your kids this this um, school holidays. I'll be taking mine to the movies. Here's two tickets. Hope you don't go mad in the school holidays. Perfect. Best regard to Matt LaHood. Yeah. And a card. Now that's earning the right to actually get back in the door. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Because so. you know why? Mum goes to the other mums, look, what are you doing on Friday? I'm taking the kids to the movies. My agent sent me two cards, uh, two movie tickets. What? Who's your agent? Oh, Matt LaHood, yeah, we bought off XYZ Real Estate, never heard from them again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I then, I'm, I'm the mother's group conversation, right? Yeah. Because, I, you know, see what I'm saying? I absolutely do. Yeah. Now, mate, uh, we're almost through, so I've got a yes. couple more questions for you. We speak about communication with clients, but equally important communication with your staff that are working 
uh, with and for you. How do you keep a good open relationship with employees these days? Okay. Um, don't bombard them as the first thing with emails, stupid emails about dictating how they should do things. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm probably more a one-on-one person. So I like to walk into an office, each one, and try and actually go and say hello to them and look who's got the black clouds maybe over their head when I walk in. And I always have got a good coffee shop near every office. Yeah. So it's like, hey, what are you doing? Come and have a coffee. What are you doing? What are you doing? Um, so that's the best way to communicate in my view. Again, as I said at the start of this conversation, sitting in a control room sending emails, same thing as pushing buttons. That's what I was sort of meaning. You have to do this. You should do this. You should be like this. You should be like that. Yeah. To me, 90% of your team won't even open the email, right? Yeah. Um, and if they do, they'll read it forget it. If I go and have a coffee with every person that I can do face-to-face, I'm going to uncover a hell of a lot more challenges. Yeah. Drop into the opens unannounced. I never tell anyone I'm coming to their open. Yeah. Drop in, end up, you know, many deals I've ended up helping their negotiated options, um, hold the bidders form thing. Um, can you register this bidder for me? I don't care what I have to do. I put yeah. up a salt sticker on Saturday, did it pretty well too, I put up one for what? <laughs> um, I held someone's um, phone while they did a, a buyer, <laughs> they did a selfie on the signboard. And I held their phone. I don't care. Like, no one knows who I am or what I do. Um, Some agents like to, you know, like introduce me to the vendors and so forth. And um, so if not, I don't really care. I'll just go along. I'm dressed respectfully but casual. Um, And communication is that easy. Sales meetings are a thing of the past. I don't like the word sales meeting. I can't run a sales meeting in our business world because at the end of the day, mate, I go in some of my offices, there's 35 or 40 agents. Imagine going through all the new listings. That's virtually impossible, right? So what we do is we just decided that I went to the agents and I said, how, do, how when do you want the meetings? Weekly, monthly, fortnight? They all put their hands up. I said, the show of hands or make the decision. They said fortnightly, bang. I said, do you want it on a Monday? No. Tuesday, yes, all the hands went up. Tuesday, what time? 8.30 till 9.30, hands went up, that's the time, right? What's the agenda? I go, put three agendas up. We want to go through sales? No, no, hands up. Show of hands makes a decision, right? Yeah. So let's just go through, it was either all the listings in the last month, current listings and current auctions coming up that Saturday and listings that week before. That's the one of one. So we went with that one. So when we do a sales meeting, all I do is put up on the board current sales that week and current auctions coming up that Saturday. And that's it. Um, and then we talk about wins that we've had, and that's a sales meeting. And it's not a sales meeting, it's a culture meeting. Yeah. So it's a- so if I'm going to a sales meeting, uh, I'm gonna, I envisage a whole lot of agents look like skeletons sitting in a chair, yeah? Yeah. Because that's a sales meeting of old. Yes. Principal's going to get up and dictate, Will, you don't have enough listings. You know, Matt LaHood, what are you doing? You've got to, you haven't sold anything in the last month. That's not the environment I want to lead. Mm. The environment I want to lead is talk about what's working, what's not working, wins, losses, and celebrate what's up on the board, and then just housekeeping. So they're not sales meetings, they're culture meetings. And if you're having one-on-ones with a lot of those people, that's where you go into that more detailed conversation with that individual. Correct. Yeah. 
Yeah, it will. One thing I've learned over 25 years of sales leadership and managing a lot of high performers, 90% of the problems that are happening are outside of the real estate office that's with the agent. Yeah. It's not inside. I don't have agents coming up and going, oh, yeah, I'm getting bullied by an agent or someone stole a listing. Or I have my son's on drugs. My mum's just got cancer. Um, my husband's lost his job. My wife, you know, has got some rare disease. I'm financially, I've got a, a habits that are causing me financial issues, smoking, gambling, drinking, whatever. It's always something, 90% of the problems are outside the real estate. Now, until the principals work that out, and they'll never find that out unless they ask the question about, hey, how's life? What's happening? Talk to me. If they're bashing around someone's activity in the off, well, how come they haven't got the sale this month? How come they haven't got a listing? It's normally nothing to do with real estate. Yes. Has that been your experience? You yeah, found I've, the I've been helping an agent. I won't name him, but um, he's been he's had a pretty rough six weeks. And mm-hmm. I spoke to him this morning, and he um, he was flat. And I said, "Mate, you're flat. Like, let's 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 nut this out." And he said, "I've just found out I've got twins on the way," and. He's just, you know, struggling. He's like, my wife's going to have to stop working. Yeah. And I'm going to be the sole income producer and this, that, and the other. And then, bang, as soon as he dropped that on me, I, I could sense the release. Yeah. That's like, right. Okay, but I, I know that's happening. So let's move on. And he couldn't move ahead until he. Yeah. See, has he, has he got a principle? Yes. You know, I mean, congratulations for you for having that conversation. But where's his principle? Yeah. I, I don't, I don't necessarily. Not asking the questions, right? So, yeah. yeah. Um, and also, too, a lot of them think they can't go to their principal, right, or their leader. Yeah. I'm very open book. Like, I won't, don't, it's like I said at the beginning, don't have to, won't, don't come to me, I'm coming to you. Yeah. So I'm going to find out what your problems are, right? Yeah. I'm coming to you. Yeah. Um, if I get off a plane in Perth this afternoon, I'm going to be getting this front of as many agents I can and I've got great managers. It doesn't matter where. My job is to get in and clear the runway, find out where the problems are, solve them. I've solved plenty of problems. And we can solve problems, Will. As leaders, we can solve problems. We can get in. We can help financially. We can help. We can go and broker conversations with families. We can help with counselling. We can. We should be. It's not about running a real estate business anymore. Yeah. Well, interestingly, once again, without going to specifics because it's personal, I didn't even work for you and you helped me in a time of need. So you were a leader to me without me even being employed by you. Yeah, Uh, thank you. That just goes to show that um, you don't do it just for the people who are going to earn you a crust. You do it because you're a good being. Thank you. It's it's a people business, right? So, um, and, you know, I've never done any. I've been lucky because I was brought up in a family my dad and mum, my dad were both, both very successful business people and I watched what they did. It was always paying it forward yeah. and they've ended up, my mum's passed away unfortunately 25 years ago but my dad's still going and he retired 30 years ago. He's 82, retired at 55 um, and he still worked. They kept working because he had nothing to his board but they kept asking him to come and work because um, of his, the way he used to manage people. Yeah. And I watched what he did. It was all about the person. You know, often he, you know, helped people out financially, not the business. He used to help them out. 
And I go, Dad, what do you do that for? He goes, well, you know, we're fortunate and, you know, it's good to be like it'll pay itself back in time. And I've watched the people around him. Like he's, he's got always got people coming up to him for years wherever I go. And they go, oh, your dad helped me here. So I think I've just taken that on, not knowing why I do it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you can there's, – there's a lot of things we can do as leaders, Will. Yeah. Well, mate, let's get uh, a little bit personal. I ask everyone uh, that comes on some rapid-fire questions, one-word answers if you can. Okay. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Mind reading. <laughs> I think Is that a superpower? Got, yeah, and I think you've already got it, so maybe you want to choose another one. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is your biggest mentor? Uh, Deepak Chopra. Good. What's your favourite book? Start with Why, uh, Simon Sinek. Yeah, great book. Very good. Great book. Cracker. And TED Talks, amazing as well. Yeah, correct. Where would you buy? The beach, the city or a farm? Lived at any of the beach all my life, but I love the city, but my wife hates the city. <laughs> so is this me and my wife or is this just me? Well, your wife will get the answer. So the you know what? I'm staying near the beach, Will. <laughs> 30 years of marriage, I'm staying near the beach. <laughs> uh, now, this is probably one of the hardest ones to answer because there's one tip here. But to finish off, I mean, we are, this is called the Better Agent Series for a reason. What's one tip you give our community of agents to be better agents throughout this year? Um. Well, one tip would be be grateful for where you are. The first, it's a sort of a dual tip. Be grateful for where you are, but look at what's possible. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't think a lot of agents will look at what's possible. Um, they think they're limited by glass ceilings, and you know, I can never be the next. I can't be the game, the great agent in. I can't be the Will Ainsworth of Geelong or whatever. Well, that's not right. Right, because um, you know, there's always doors opening. There's a, not everybody wants to list their property with Will Ainsworth or Ben Colley or Matt Lewis. Let me tell you. Um, so there's plenty of options. I think, yeah, be grateful for where you are, but look at what's possible. Yeah, I and push that. yourself. Push yourself. Yeah, yeah, mate. That has been so insightful. We've gone 57 minutes, and I haven't, uh, I haven't really looked elsewhere because I've just been so enthralled. So. Mate, as I said at the start, and I maintain you're a, you're a good friend of mine now and a mentor that I look up to, and um, I really appreciate your time today. I know that you are a busy person, but you're, you're so generous with your time, so thanks. Thanks, Will, and congratulations on what you've done and your transparency in your own life, thanks. also in the company and what it's doing. It's a great um, option in the marketplace for agents, and you've got to use all the options today. This business, um, we're fin finished this, well, this, dad, this. This business is not... It's not a fruit shop and only selling apples, real estate, right? If you own a fruit shop, you've got to sell everything. It's about what you just can't go into an owner and say, look, you know, it's an, he buy the apples even though I own a fruit shop. You've got to be everything to everyone. Is it open negotiation? Is it auction? Is it for sale? Is it whatever it may be, right? Um, but use the options is what really you've got to have today. All the, you know, you've got to have a box of chocolates when you walk into a listing these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely do, mate. So thanks again, Matt. And uh, thanks, Will. All the best to you. For later on. Thanks again.